Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. Um, I'm a ministry worker here at Trinity Church Woodcroft, and just want to welcome you all this morning, especially if you're visiting with us today. As Colin said, we're continuing our sermon series, Looking Forward to Christmas, uh, the gifts that Jesus brings. And we're looking at freedom today. And I'm particularly excited about today's passage because John 8, 31, uh, 32 sorry, is one of my favourite verses. And I'll explain a little bit about why as we get into the message. But I'm just going to pray for us now. So if you would join with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can study your word this morning. And as we look forward to Christmas, we ask that your truth would be open to us, but we would understand it and know more about you and be able to draw closer to you in this Christmas season. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. All right. Well, most of you, as I said, I'm a ministry trainee, worker with Colin here at um, Trinity Woodcroft, but the rest of the week I clear out deceased estates and I buy and sell second-hand goods and among them I particularly like old vinyl records. Some of you probably have some in a dusty corner in your lounge rooms. Um, I love uh, classic rock, 60s, 70s, 80s kind of stuff. Uh, Dad rock, as one of my young employees likes to call it. Uh, And I particularly like a band called The Who. You may have heard of them. One of their classic songs is Who Are You? And the song is uh, about a time, a story, happened to one of the band members, Pete Townsend. He had passed out drunk in the street and recognised by a kindly police officer, who are you? There's Pete Townsend from The Who. I'll go and wake him up and says to him, you can go home tonight, sorry, you can sleep at home tonight if you can get up and walk away. But instead of being thankful, Pete rather unkindly replies, who the hell are you? Excuse the language, that's actually the edited version um, for the radio. It was a little bit blunter than that. So how might you or we answer the question, who are you? How do we define ourselves? Well, maybe you might say I'm a student, a parent, a child, a golfer, a carpenter, teacher, surfer. Or perhaps you might say I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus. Now in our Bible passage today, Jesus has an encounter with some men who were very sure of who they were. However, Jesus didn't agree with their beliefs and instead questions them about whose family they really belong to and who their father really is. In short, he asked them the question, who are you? So today we're going to look firstly at the problems Jesus highlights in the lives of the men in the story and how they can relate to us. And then we're going to contrast this with the gift that Jesus offers us today, the gift of freedom from sin, which is so much better. These men were convinced that they were the children of Abraham and by extension had God as their father. But Jesus declares that though they are Abraham's descendants, God is not their father. So what does all this mean and why would they engage in what might seem to us like a pointless debate? Well, to a first century Jew, <coughs> excuse me, who you were descended from was a really big deal. Which Israelite tribe and which family clan you could trace your family back to had a big part in your station in life and in their minds just how close to God they really were. Because of their family heritage, these men were very proud and they were sure of their close relationship to God. So much so that they felt confident in rejecting Jesus as being from God 
because in their minds they were the guardians of truth. Jesus challenges their pride, and we read in verse 31 and 32 where he said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now we know and believe that Jesus himself is the truth, don't we? I hope we do. (laughs) However, to these men who proudly believed that they not only knew the truth, but were in fact the keepers of truth, This was a real affront to them. And predictably, it got a reaction, which was likely Jesus' intent. Their response showed their hearts. They answered him, verse 33, and they said, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Now, they interpreted Jesus' words as being about physical freedom, but Jesus was talking about spiritual freedom. They showed themselves to be blind to simple truths, as, of course, the Jews had been slaves throughout their history. Who can forget the 400 years they spent in Egypt? Or the time Babylon invaded and carried the people away in slavery? The truth was they had been slaves many times, including right up to that day when they were ruled by the Romans. However, they were just so proud that they had convinced themselves of a lie that is so obviously not true to us looking back at the time. And I think perhaps there's a little bit of a warning there for us, that pride can blind us to the truth. Perhaps you know someone like that. Someone who says, you'll never convince me of God, to believe in God or convince me of the truth of Christianity. And Jesus says to his audience, they are not free, but slaves. They are not God's children. In fact, they have become the children of the devil and are not living in the truth, but are instead captured by lies and unable to know the truth. By the end of the chapter, we learn that they attempt to kill Jesus for what they deemed his outrageous claims. And this is the outcome of their pride. They have become the very enemies of God rather than the children of God. So let's look more closely at these three things that Jesus claimed. And you have a look at your uh, leaflets. You'll see an outline there. Three things that Jesus claimed about these opponents of his. He said that they were slaves. He said they were children of the devil. And he said that they were blind to the truth. Firstly, slaves. Verse 34. Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, elsewhere in Scripture we read that all have sinned, and so therefore all people were once slaves. Now, when I introduced my message today, I asked the question, who are you? I'll bet not one of you thought, oh no, I'm a slave. No? (laughs) That's because we think of slavery just like the men in the story did. We think in physical terms. We think of slaves chained and whipped and made to work for nothing, like this man up on the screen. But Jesus says, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. So what does he mean? All of us are captive either to our desires, our sin, or are captive to God's desires, the righteousness that comes from God. So how do we change? What are the things we do that we wish we could change but seem to hold us captive? little confession one thing I wish I could change is my anger 
Sometimes I can be a very driven person, like to make plans, usually bigger than Ben-Hur. And uh, of course, I can't fill them all, which can be quite frustrating. And my family will attest to the frustration coming out. Right, darling? (laughs) It's always our families that end up bearing the brunt of our faults, right? So what are your faults and failures? What do you wish you could change? Is that, that's where we tend to go, right? That's what we tend to think. What are we going to change? What can we change? But is that really what Jesus is saying? Free yourselves from slavery to sin? For that easy, everyone would do it. No, it's about the gift of freedom from sin that Jesus offers us. The Apostle Paul says in Romans six twenty two and 23, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God is freedom from our sin, and the benefits are that he changes us. He changes us and makes us holy. So that even though we still sin, we're no longer defined or ruled by it. And the best part is, it's God who does the changing of our desires, not us. Now it's the season of Christmas, and that's what it's all about. God's gift to us is to be set free from slavery to our sin by faith in Jesus Christ, and to receive the reward of holiness. That is actually what Jesus was offering to the Jews in the story. He is warning them that they have become slaves, but he is also offering them the truth that can set them free from slavery to sin. God's great gift is the truth that sets us free from our sin, and it's a gift he still offers everyone today. Our job is to believe it, study it, and let the truth change us. That's why you're here this morning, right? (laughs) Unfortunately for the men in our story, they were slaves or captives to their selfish pride And because of that, rather than being God's children, as they thought, they had instead become the children of the devil. Which is the second claim Jesus makes about these men. They are children of the devil. Now, don't mistake me. Jesus is not saying that all people who sin are children of the devil, because we know that all people have been made by God in his image. But these people, by their actions, have become the children of the devil. Jesus said this because these Jews desired to kill Jesus physically, But the devil has desired from the beginning to spiritually enslave all people and to spiritually kill all people and to take them to eternal punishment in hell. We read about that just a moment ago in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, where it said, Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you are captive to your desires, the wages are death, but not simply physical death, spiritual death. Now, that's the bad news, (laughs) but it doesn't have to be that way, does it? Jesus offered his opponents something which is much better, the opportunity to be freed from their sin and the wages of sin. But unfortunately for them, they were too blind to see it, which leads to our third claim, excuse me, that they were blind to the truth and unable to hear it. Verse 43, Jesus said, Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Because of their selfish pride, they were unable to hear the truth that Jesus was saying to them. 
Now, I suppose it's easy for us to sit here today and look down on these poor blokes, but the truth is we can all be a bit blind to our own faults, right? Now, if you're not sure about that, just ask the members of your own household. I'm sure they can elaborately and very quickly point out your faults right away. (laughs) Uh, Or perhaps you know someone a bit like this bloke up on the screen, the eternal optimist. His optimism knows no bounds. There he is in a cafe meeting his friends after an audition and he happily declares, my agent says it's between me and the bloke who's going to get it. The point of the story in John's Gospel isn't to look down on these men who badly got it wrong, but to realise that all of us are potentially like them. We all have the capacity to be slaves to our sin, to become children of the devil and to be blinded to the truth. Slaves to our selfish desires, okay, maybe. Blind to certain truths, yeah, again, sometimes. But children of the devil, come on, John. Really? Well, actually, there are a lot of people today who have given themselves over to following their own selfish desires, which the Bible calls sin. For example, everyone has probably heard of the rock band ACDC, and of course, they're a bit of a whipping boy for uh, bad boys of rock and roll, and uh, arguably one of the biggest rock bands in the world with their song Highway to Hell, which most of you have probably heard. Now, I don't mean to judge these blokes. They're probably just like most people today trying to suck the most out of life while they can before it's over but they appear to have accepted their slavery to their desires and the consequences of it in the song we read the following words living easy love and free ain't nothing i'd rather do going down party time my friends are going to be there too i'm on the highway to hell hey satan paying my dues playing in a rocking band hey mama look at me I'm on the way to the promised land. I'm on the highway to hell. Of course, the only problem with that is it's a lie. Hell is not the promised land of party time with your mates, doing whatever you please. They've been blinded to the truth. And I think it sums up the attitude of a lot of people today. They have so committed themselves to living their own way that they have become followers of the devil, who is a liar and says, follow me, Live your own way and your reward will be party time here. And if there is a hell, it'll be party time down there too. Well, the truth is, the Bible says the wages of slavery to sin will result in eternal judgment in hell, not a party. Sorry to be a party pooper there. Um, All pretty sobering stuff, right? But thankfully, Jesus offers us something much better, a way to freedom. Jesus offered the gift of freedom to the men he was talking to in this story, and he offers the same to us today. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus contrasts himself with the devil as a thief when he says the following, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. So how do we gain this life and life to the full? Well, in John eight thirty one, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In contrast to those rejecting Jesus, like the men in the story, Jesus offers three alternatives. Freedom from sin, to become the children of God, and the truth that sets you free. 
Number one, freedom from sin. Jesus offers freedom from being a slave to our own desires, which are so fleeting and fickle anyway. As I said, my day job is clearing out people's homes when they pass away. And rich or poor, the result is always the same. Everyone leaves it all behind. As the old joke goes, I've never seen a trailer behind a hearse. But you wouldn't know it the way people live. Storing up money and possessions forever, thinking they can keep them forever, and making plans as if they're going to live forever. But actually, the Bible talks about something we can take into eternity with us, or rather someone, that is the people we know and love, people we meet. We can pass God's truth on, and they too can receive the gift of freedom, freedom from their sin and receive the reward of eternal life. And the second thing that Jesus offers us is a place in God's family. Instead of being orphans or being deceived into following a liar for a father, Jesus tells us that we can be the children of God. Jesus offers them and us a place in his family as sons and daughters who are destined to receive the full inheritance of their father. All the privileges that Jesus has as God's son can be ours too. Verse 35 of our passage says, Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. Perhaps it's a bit like a Christmas lunch with the family. You're not the awkwardly included family member that has to be invited and you only see once a year, but the much-loved family member who's welcome at the table and whose gift is waiting for them under the tree. And the third thing, the truth that sets you free. Jesus offers his hearers freedom from blindness to the truth. The key to opening their blind eyes so that they can see the truth for themselves was standing right in front of them, but they couldn't see it because of their pride. And it can be the same for us. If we want to know God, then we need to come to God with humility. Verse 46 and 47, Jesus said, If I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God... Here's what God says. The problem for Jesus' audience in this story and for many of us is that they and us want to come to God in our pride, declaring who we are. For these men, they declared we are Abraham's descendants, so we don't need you, Jesus. But what about us? Who do we declare ourselves to be and say we don't need you for that, Jesus? I will surrender this much, Jesus, but no more. You see, the men in this story weren't anti-God or anti-religion per se. They believed they were God's children. They were devout Jews. But actually, they had added something that they wouldn't give up. They said they were Abraham's descendants. Therefore, we don't need you, Jesus. Now, when I asked the question at the start of our message today, who are you? I didn't give you my answer. And the first thing that comes to mind, and usually when people ask me that, is I say I'm a small business owner. I'm self-employed. That's something I feel very proud about. I built my own business, and along with it, something of an identity. Um, And that's really what I had to wrestle with when I went to CV conference for a couple of years with Colin and was asked the question, why not become a vocational gospel worker? Why not give up some of that business that I've built? Uh, And the real question for me uh, was, am I willing to surrender my worldly identity and, thinking, and think about becoming a gospel worker? I thought to myself, 
do I really want to give this up? I've worked very hard for this, and I'm, I'm quite pleased about it. And little confession, when people ask me what I do, I never hesitate to tell them that I work for myself and what I do, but I sometimes hesitate to say that I'm a Christian or that I work for the church. Now, I ask myself, why is that? And I think it's my pride getting in the way. You see, in a, you know, in a worldly sense, being a Christian worker or pastor is weird, foolish even. Why, why would you do that, you know? I've got a mate who every time I tell him I can't do something on a Sunday, he says to me, oh, yes, we know God needs your time. Uh, your flock needs you. He puts on a bit of a voice. He thinks it's a big joke. Um, and I guess to him it is. But the truth is that my lasting or eternal identity actually has nothing to do with my work. The truth is I'm God's son. He made me and he gave his son to die for me so that I could be set free from my sin and my pride. In Galatians 5.1 we read, It is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burned again by a yoke of slavery. Jesus and his teaching are the free gift of God, the gift of truth that has the power to set us free, free from slavery to our selfish, sinful desires, free from following the wrong leader who Jesus declared is a thief, a liar and a murderer, and free from our blindness to our faults. Now, when you experience this freedom, it's quite transformational. To put your faith in Jesus as the truth not only frees you from the wages of sin, which is death, but it can free you from the fear of death itself. Years ago, I had a very dear friend. His name was Dudley Tonkin. There's a photo of him up on the screen. Dudley's about 60 there in that photo. Now, there's a little detail in the background you may be able to see. There's a walker. That's his walker. You see, Dudley had developed a debilitating disease, which his doctors called Parkinson's Plus. It was gradually robbing him of his physical abilities and began to rob him of his mind as well. He died a few years after that photo, just 63 years old. Now, was he bitter and angry? Was he afraid? No, he wasn't. You see, years before, Dudley had discovered the gift of true freedom and his identity was no longer tied to anything in this world. He had put his faith in Jesus and was trusting in him regardless of his circumstances. And one of the last times I went to see him at his home, chair-bound with a body that no longer worked and a mind that was fast-fading, suffering terrible constant shooting pain, he looked at me and he said these amazing words from John 8.32. It's the truth that sets you free, John. And he just kept on saying it over and over and over. And it had quite a profound impact on me. And I've never forgotten it. He was a man physically a prisoner in his own body, but spiritually free. And with every ounce of cognition that he had left, he was boldly declaring this over and over. It was the only thing that he wanted to impart to me at that time. Now, when they held his funeral, over 600 people attended. The service lasted over three hours, and person after person got up and shared how Dudley had shared God's truth and love with them. He wasn't a wealthy man. He wasn't well-educated. He wasn't a high achiever or particularly successful by the world's standards. 
He was just a simple father, husband, and the groundskeeper at his local high school. At least that was his day job. His real mission was to tell as many people about Christ as he could. He was a very dear friend, but more importantly, he was someone who experienced the transformational power of having been set free from his sinful desires through faith in Jesus Christ as the truth that God has sent us in the person and teachings of Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, the gift of God, given on the very first Christmas, the gift of God that is still offered to everyone today. It's the truth that sets you free. So this Christmas, consider the gift of freedom from sin through faith in Jesus Christ and the reward of being changed by Jesus. Then you can say in answer to the question, Who are you? I am a child of God. That brings us to the end of our message today. We're going to sing again in a moment. Why don't I just pray for us before we do that? Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word, for the gift of freedom that you've given us through faith in Jesus Christ, that we can be set free from the slavery to our own sinful desires by faith in you. We ask, Lord, that Each of us would make that choice to put our trust and faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen.